Welcome to the Cinderella Podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over and over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today, for you, dear listeners, we persevered and we watched If the Shoe Fits, which was made in 1990, and we're calling it the Terrible Fashion Cinderella. I lobbied for calling it the ugliest Cinderella, but Talon said that was going to be a jinx and didn't want to put that juju into our show. But I want you to know that I lobbied for it. (laughs) So this Cinderella stars Rob Lowe, who has been in a lot of things, but I mostly know as Chris Traeger from like Parks and Rec and Jennifer Grey, who you will most likely know as Baby from Dirty Dancing. Mm hmm. And that's our prince and Cinderella. They are working in the fashion industry in Paris. Yep. Not sure why it's Paris. Could have been New York. Why do you think they put this in Paris is going to be one of our after party questions. Yeah. I guess we'll just start. I don't know. I I want to start this one by just reading you the first couple of sentences of my notes, if that's okay. Okay. If the shoe fits. Salvatore. Fashion, oh god, the 80s. Bright yellow, pink, angle upshots. These are the worst clothes I've ever seen in my entire life. Ow, this hurts. These models are doing a bad job. This is the most concentrated ugliness. Cinematography is horrible. Too close, weird shots, sideways. These are, these are the ugliest things ever. So that's how the show starts. And it goes, uh, I'm going to say it, downhill. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so... My notes basically say the same thing. I used uh, the phrase aggressively 80s. Yeah. Which I think kind of encapsulates it. So what is happening is we see like in really big letters on a wall, Salvatore. And that's the brand and also the last name of the prince. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know that that's his real last name. I think he's making it up. Agreed. This is a fashion show where these models are kind of walking down the runway and kind of posing, but in a very bored and a little bit mean kind of way. And they're wearing just the most hideous dresses I've ever seen. Like there's not a single redeeming feature, like not a single bit of vision or artistry in any of them. And so it's made in 1990 and Liv has informed me that it counts as late 80s. It does. So I will forgive that they looked very 80s, but the colors didn't look good. The construction of the dresses weren't good. So most of the dresses have a similar shape in this, which is very tight through the bodice area and over some of the hips, and then just an explosion of... Taffeta. Taffeta, yeah. A lot of uh, acrylic fabrics. Tulle. Ruffles. And then the shoulders are just like inflatable wings that you would put on a child to keep them from drowning but really big and sparkly and the earrings are all sorts of geometric shapes and hideous and the colors are aggressively bad but also aggressively badly paired not only with each other but with their models so there's like a hot pink and a hot purple which just really really don't go together there's um okay bright pink with like orange sequins and here's the thing that drove me nuts One of their models is African-American, and she is lovely. And they've put her in, like, a dark blue, which is okay. But one of their other models 
is a very, very pale white girl with very, very blonde hair, and they've put her in orange it, with, like, bright yellow accents, you know, because those colors go well together. And it's like, no, 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 you put, why, how are you doing bad fashion badly? This is bad, you've, messed, you've done this fractally wrong. You fractally messed this up. So I just want you guys to understand that whatever you're picturing as we're describing it, if you're like, that sounds like it could be kind of fun, like maybe it's campy. No, it was just ugly. Like it wasn't cute. It wasn't like life-size Barbie clothes. It was just ugly and sad, just bad. Just mm-hmm. please, please believe us when we say it's bad. And this, And the cinematography is also terrible. It's supposed to be sort of edgy, so it's a lot of close shots and shots that are centered on like someone's earlobe instead of their face and a lot of weird angles but but so badly done and kind of grainy and blurry and honestly this entire movie was shot as though we were watching a version of it where someone had cropped it to sort of three quarters size so that the youtube bots wouldn't mark it as stolen but but we weren't we were watching it on prime and that is how it was filmed so it's just aggressively awful not only that, every time it does something with the cinematography, like with the camera, with the filming, whatever, it has nothing to do with what's happening. No, nothing. Like, if it was a photo shoot, quick flashes, quick cuts, weird angles would make sense, mm-hmm. but it's a fashion show. So we're not seeing, like, the models' outfits all at once, which honestly, I'm not complaining about. No, I'm mad about, you know, no. But it's just... It doesn't give you the right feeling for what's happening. And so everything is just totally incompatible the entire way through. Mm -hmm. So the fashion show has a halftime, I guess. We cut to backstage where there's a stampede of these women running from offstage. And it just looks like Black Friday at Target. There is a angry redhead with short hair yelling come on, ladies, hurry up. We find out later that this is Mimi and she is some sort of business position in the brand company name Salvatore. No, no, no. She's like a right-hand lady type of minion. Yes. The other right-hand guy type of minion, although I guess that would make one of them the left hand. Anyway, uh, his name is, I believe, Renee. And they're just his lackeys that Mm -hmm. both fawn over him, but also have to give him like some news that he doesn't want to hear. And they're also kind of power tripping on being the head minions while also not being particularly important. If you guys think that we are describing something that could potentially be sort of campy or funny or self-aware, we're not. Yeah, no, it's not fun. Like, no. The problem with this movie is that it has so many like solid elements. There's so many character beats and concepts that are really fun. Mm-hmm. But none of it pans out. No. None of it goes where you want it to go. And it's never as fun as it could be. It just like tries to thread the needle between completely bananas and like serious. It misses both. It misses the mark completely. Yeah. Just so badly. Yeah. So the models have all changed clothes rapidly with the assistance of two stagehands, one of whom is our Cinderella. And as the models go back to run on stage, Cinderella is holding their shoes out sort of in front of them so that as they run, they can put on their shoes, which was actually a little bit cute. Yeah, there's so many charming moments that never add up to charming characters. Yeah. 
So she falls over in this process because the models have just sort of kicked her over. And a hand reaches down to help her up. And it's a very dramatic hand. It's Roblo, who will be in our notes as Roblo the entire time. His name is Francesco, which again, I maintain that his name is not actually Francesco Salvatore because he is just a regular American man in this. Like, he, they do not explain no. any of his background, any of his rise to like fame. And like, Rob Lowe has looked roughly the same for the last like 40 years. So, whatever you're picturing, just like he looks exactly like that but kind of also like a baby. And I think he was about 30, maybe a little younger in this movie, but mm -hmm. he looks like... He looks like a baby. He looks like he's 17. 22, maybe, yeah. but also he's the head of this fashion empire. But also, I think he mostly wants to be a model, though it is not at any point mentioned that he was a model or is a model, which makes his appearance very confusing and distracting. Yeah, so let's describe people real fast because we're we've now met our main characters. I guess. Okay, fine. Cinderella is Jennifer Grey. Her name in the show is Kelly Clark, I believe. Kelly Carter, which is a cute name. Yeah, Kelly Carter. Okay. She's very frumpy. She's got short curly hair and big horn-rimmed glasses. They're not and... big. They're actually really small circles. But they have like heavy frames. They're awkward glasses. They have heavy frames, but the lenses are really small, which, like, they are kind of Steve Urkel's glasses. Yeah, and she's wearing loose men's jeans that are belted up above her belly button and a plaid shirt that's buttoned most of the way up and tucked in. And her just she looks, she looks like Steve Urkel. Yeah, like, she looks like Woody Allen. Yes. It's, and it seems like the kind of vibe that they're going for, where she's a little awkward, a little cynical, but still romantic, mm -hmm. and is just a goober, and Roblo is, like, shockingly beautiful. Yeah. But, like, her style actually is, like, very in right now, and she looked pretty cute. Like, she didn't look like all the models around her, but she's still Jennifer Grey. Like, she's gorgeous. She's still beautiful. Yeah, I... I didn't like the way that they dressed her because I think that there's a much better way to to do that because she's just been hideous. She just looks horrific. Like, I, I hated her look. Really? I thought it was cute. I thought I, it was, like, see, a little boxy and a little butch. It was cute. It, it was boxy and butch, but not in a cute way. When you're surrounded by what we're told are supermodels wearing the height of fashion, you can look dowdier but still look okay. I didn't like it. Anyways. That's not the point. That's I, not the point. I think, I think this is the kind of episode where we're going to have to try really hard not to go off on tangents because We'd... literally, like, I don't want to talk about it. I yeah. want to talk about other things. All right, all right. So next character is uh, Cinderella's sidekick best friend. Her name is Veronique. She's got big, poofy hair and kind of a strong nose, and she's a very brassy person. She's very forward always encouraging cinderella to like be more aggressive be more tough put yourself out there and she's a little bit more stylish than cinderella but not very much no are you kidding me what is happening right now no veronique is so cool she at one point wears like a full dark green velvet suit like blazer jacket okay. and pants she's incredible she they live 
they're doing a job that requires them to crawl around on hands and knees, like zipping up pounds of taffeta and like belly slide across the floor to put shoes on models as they run. I just, I think you're not being very generous. I'm just saying. Uh, Veronique also is as beautiful as all the other models. Like she doesn't have the same proportions, but she looks like a beautiful French woman or like a beautiful Russian woman with Mm -hmm. like very strong features and like very European and just like a devil make hair femme fatale thing going. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. She is like 100% like the work bestie that is like a little bit meaner than you are and like you know that she's probably not a good person but she's also like your favorite person. I I am that person at work so no I don't know that person at work. (laughs) Um, Yeah so that's Veronique and by the way everybody in this movie will have a very heavy French accent except for Rob Lowe and Cinderella. Cinderella just sounds normal she just is talking in her normal voice and she sounds fine. Rob Lowe has decided that he doesn't want to talk in an accent, but he also doesn't want to sound normal. So he's gone for, like, a very high, kind of breathy voice the whole time. And it's just so weird and off-putting. I think that might be just what he sounds like. No, it's not. I've watched The West Wing. (laughs) Like, his voice is a solid half-octave lower than that. I don't know what he was doing. It was horrible. By the way, we see him for the first time. He's wearing black pants that are very tight and a black sparkly sequined muscle vest Mm -hmm. with hair that is very spiked because it was 1990. He just kind of looks like a sparkly matador for most of the movie. Like regardless of how many outfit changes he goes through, that's the underlying base note. Yeah. So he, he helps Cinderella up and she's clearly has a bit of a starstruck moment, but he literally has just helped her up and then completely forgets that she exists and walks away to be in his crowd of models. Veronique and Cinderella criticize him. This was a weird interchange right away because Veronique goes, I think he's lost his touch. Cinderella goes, well, do you think he's a good person deep down? Veronique goes, "Mm, maybe very, very deep. And then Kelly goes, well, he's made some beautiful things. There must be some good in him, which like, no, Kelly, that's not how that works at all. I mean, that is like a branch of philosophy. It's a, it's an incorrect branch of philosophy, though. I, I'm just saying, like, I believe that a person could conceivably believe that to make beautiful things, you have to have a beautiful soul, which apparently is where she's going with this. Okay. Meanwhile, by the way, Rob Lowe has followed all the people, uh, all the models. I mean, they are people, but all of the <laughs> models out on the runway and it's doing like the most bananas poses as people take photos and it keeps cutting back and forth between him mugging it up and doing like this weird he joints his hands like he's shaking his own hand and kind of lifts it up in the air like he just won an athletic thing of some kind Mm -hmm. yes and then he does like a very zoolander very campy male model thing And for the first third of this movie, he's hamming it up and it's delightful because... Mm, Delightful. He just kind of sucks. Is not the word I'd use. He's just very full of himself, very selfishly mean to people, and very foppish. This character is just... If if the word douchebag came to life and was in a sparkly vest, this character is the worst... I'm kind of into it. I don't know. Like, okay... You said this before. 
he's kind of like Cusco. Yes. From the beginning of Emperor's New Groove. Unfortunately, what this movie decides to do is instead of building a sense of partnership, he just continues meets a girl and now gets to have a romance. And we hope that he uh, is different, but like nothing happens to him. Like he doesn't, at no point does this man get turned into a llama. And I think he really could have used being turned into a llama personality wise. No, I just, I'm, that's just such a beautiful idea. I just want to sit here (laughs) and savor how wonderful this movie would have been if he had gotten turned into a llama instead of what happens. He just is who he is, but it goes from being like a joke to just being a thing that we as the audience have to live with in a romantic partner, which I don't like, I don't No, thank you. No, this movie is very, I have a lot of problems with the romance in this movie. Anyways, we find out that Kelly is interviewing with him tomorrow because she is a shoe designer, Cinderella, whatever. And we see a shot of grumpy old ladies who are watching this show, it turns out. We find out that the old ladies hate his collection. And I wrote, oh, thank God, it was supposed to be ugly. Yes. Unfortunately, they didn't have enough of a difference between the ugly dresses that they acknowledged as being ugly and the dresses that we see later on that are supposed to be better. No, they are very much... They're much of a muchness. So I'm not clear that like the costuming in this movie like did know that they were ugly dresses. No. I think people didn't like them in the movie, but we weren't supposed to necessarily be able to tell. Yeah. Anyways, so Rob Lowe, surrounded by a pack of models, says, I want to invite you all to an evening of wine, song, and cheese. To be fair, I also would be most excited about the cheese. And then Rob Lowe walks up to a random model and goes, you were a petal today, a delicate flower opening for me. And it was the grossest thing I've ever heard. It was. It's disgusting. He. It was so gross. He is like aggressively sexual with everyone all the time. It's horrible. It is like super off-putting. But at this point in the movie, I thought it was meant to be super off-putting. Yeah. But I think it's supposed to be sexy that he's like this. We will have to discuss because I genuinely don't know what the movie wanted me to think. But at this point, a bunch of dresses get knocked over. No, no, no. There's a rack of dresses that, like, I think maybe Veronique lets go of accidentally. Mm -hmm. And it's barreling straight for Salvatore Roblo. And (laughs) Kelly, like, sees this happening and she intercepts it and ends up knocking it over and so he has no idea that she just prevented a cart from running into him but after everything falls over he looks over and he sees her like in the middle of the floor with like clothes on her head and it's like yeah we cut to kelly and veronique on a moped mopeding back to kelly's apartment it's a motorcycle sure it's a she rides a motorcycle Listen, Veronique is very cool. She's riding a motorcycle. She's wearing tiny little kitten heels on her boots, like, as she does it. And she has an extra helmet for Kelly, which is very thoughtful. It is very thoughtful. So we see Kelly's apartment. It's an absolute disaster. Her roommates come out, and they have, like, curlers in their hair, and they're wearing robes, and they have face cream on. My notes are, this is a really cute little apartment. It's got all these dormer windows and like gables and built-in bookshelves. 
it's adorable and kelly sort of looks around the place and sort of sighs and starts cleaning up her roommates it turns out are going to be models who think too highly of themselves rather than stepsisters which i like because i i like that they're not supposed to be her family because all of us have had terrible roommates but it's nice when your family doesn't abuse you i think that's a really good way to update it Mm -hmm. especially since she's an adult living in the city yeah it would be very confusing to have that sort of situation but oh my god who hasn't had to live with somebody completely insufferable you know, you can't afford an apartment by yourself. You're stuck with them, at least until the lease ends, if yeah. not for the next few years. And they just won't do anything. And if you want to live in a home that's clean, you have to clean it. Who hasn't been there, friends? <laughs> yep. Anyways, now we cut to a palace. It's a full-on castle with turrets, everything. I, I don't know what part of Paris has a castle did they build Euro Disney nearby? It's like a chateau. I don't know. But a fancy car drives up and people are lining the driveway, I guess, clapping. And Rob Lowe comes out wearing, again, his very tight, sparkly black vest. But this time he's unzipped it into a deep V. And we also find out that the back is purple. Yes. Which I'm like a big fan of. I think this top has more personality than most of the cast in this movie. Agreed. So if it feels like I'm over focusing on it, it's because this is like this is the high point. <laughs> it just steadily gets worse. Yeah. So he climbs the staircase and he turns back to the crowd and he says something just amazing. He looks out at all of the little people surrounding him and he goes, There are those that believe today's collection to be genius. And then everyone claps and also laughs. Rablo just pivots and goes into the castle. So the next thing that we get is we cut to this ridiculous daytime drama. There are these two ladies wearing very silly outfits, it's like a telenovela, and they're arguing about food and what they've promised each other. And the handsome man, and I'm like, what are we watching? Where, like, is this going to be a show that someone's watching and it's going to cut to something? And it's a telenovela, and a handsome man opens the door, and I wrote, oh, this is a real commercial in in the now that's sad okay <laughs> so what happened was we were watching the free with ads version and i had seen this ad before so it wasn't ever gonna work on me but in this ad these two ladies are wearing completely ridiculous dresses and overacting it's meant to be like a telenovela parody Mm -hmm. And that acting was so consistent with what we had seen. And also that costuming was so consistent mm -hmm. with what we had seen that I do not blame you, Liv, at all. Thank you. For not picking up on the difference. There was like a slight color saturation difference. That's there was a color saturation difference, but I thought that they were just watching a show in the movie and that it was going to sort of pull back to a TV. So yeah, it, it got me. Until it announced what pizza chain it was, I was like, oh, okay, well that's, we need to buy a version now. This is this is too many ads. It was like 10 minutes of ads. So moving on past my ridiculousness. So we cut back and forth between two scenes happening presumably at the same time, like constantly in this movie. Mm -hmm. So I apologize if that's going to be confusing. We're seeing the roommates just be like jerks to Kelly and kind of joking with each other, like, oh, look, she cleaned the apartment. Oh, what do you want, a medal? And then they remind her that rent is due on Monday. 
and then they are snarky to each other. They're also wearing matching outfits, by the way. And they're like, don't you get embarrassed sometimes that she lives with us? <laughs> but like in a French accent. I, I think one of them maybe is not French. They are both doing French accents. My note just says, so many shoulder pads. And then we see a lady from the back just take her dress off in front of Rob Lowe, who's just kind of reclining on a bed. And he goes, I'm so sorry, darling. I'm too busy for a long-term relationship. And she goes, but we just met yesterday. And he's like, exactly. And, and we just then we cut back to Kelly working on a sparkly shoe. And like getting ready for bed. Yeah. She has like the most incredible dream mm -hmm. where she runs into Rob Lowe and shows him the shoe. And he's like, you did this. It's a magnificent champagne. And she goes, yes. And he's like, dance. And she's like, I'd love to. And they dance together. Which is an interesting dream, by the way, to be having about your boss. And all of the people that, like, I guess they work with or the models or whoever are all mm -hmm. standing frozen around them like mannequins. And Rabla goes, how many children would you like? And she says, two to start with, three if we're still getting along. I and could talk about that sentence for the rest of my life. That's the most <laughs> upsetting sentence. It's just a very odd thing to say like she's kind of like doing a weird may west kind of thing but i don't think that's a quote or anything no that's not also how may west works may, may west is if you have nothing to do and a lot of time to do it why don't you come up and see me sometime like that's yeah but she was I'm, saying it in that cadence like she's saying something flirty and kind of raunchy yeah but but it's but it's i don't know two to start with and three if we're still getting along kid but, it was it was such a weird anyways but the dream starts to go sideways and everyone starts laughing and the camera starts spinning and suddenly she's wearing her old baggy clothes again and Roblo stops dancing with her and goes ha 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 <laughs> and she wakes up and she's running late and she goes i'm sick i'm sick I'm really sick i'm late i was trying to figure out if she was like if she meant, I'm sick, I can't do this, I feel sick. Or if she was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I am sick. The second. Which is what I hoped she was going for. I, I think it was the second. I think she had one of those dreams where she was like, brain, please stop. I don't want any of this. I disavow this. Could you imagine having that dream about somebody you were about to do a job interview with? Oh, my God. I No, I would be like, I'm sorry. I'm calling in dead today. Um, I've got scurvy. I just... Uh, I have to move to a different city, country. country? I just, I don't Planet? know. I'm changing my name. Mars? Is Mars Please open? Please call me Shelly. Yeah. Charter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so we cut now to a weird lady in the park asking people for help. This is very obviously going to be our fairy godmother. She is dressed bananas for this movie. So she has massive glasses on with huge heavy rims that are red. And she has very frizzy red hair and she's carrying a lot of luggage and she has an umbrella even though it's a very sunny day. And she's holding a map that's sort of crumpled. She wears a lot of novelty glasses. So like tourists would wear, I guess, or that you could buy in like a shop that sells tourist things. So in this scene, at one point, she's wearing Statue of Liberty themed glasses where one side of the frame 
has the spikes from her mm-hmm. crown. Mm-hmm. And then the other side has her hand holding up the torch, which is an interesting choice for glasses. And all of the things that she's wearing and all of and carrying are all like loud colors and clashing patterns. And she has like a Miss Frizzle art teacher Mary Poppins vibe. Very much so, yes. And she keeps asking people for help and for directions and people keep just refusing to look at her and brush her off and won't engage with her at all. To the point where you like start to wonder like is she a ghost? Like can people see her? Yeah. They can. It turns out they just aggressively refuse to help her. So we're cutting in between this and Kelly getting ready for her interview and her shoe plans have an orange juice circle on them. She's giving herself a pep talk in the mirror, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the advice that her friend Veronique was giving her earlier. And she's like, be tough, assertive, yet charming. Yeah. Don't be a pushover. Don't be taken advantage of, but don't come on too strong. Like, just kind well, of like... That kind of stuff. Yeah. Not helpful things. No. We're back with our weird lady now, still asking for directions. And she smiles at a, at a small child, at a boy whose mother is clutching him to her side as though the scary weird lady is going to abduct him or something. And he lets go of his balloon, and because he smiled at her, she blows at the balloon, and it drifts back down to him, which is when we realize that this movie has real magic in it. I was not expecting that at all. No. I still don't understand why there's real magic in this movie. It doesn't actually accomplish anything that couldn't have been accomplished in the narrative without magic. Yeah. It's just a very bizarre choice. It really is. And the way that they choose to use this magic is also aggressively weird. So uh, a man also refuses to help her and a bird poops on his face. And that's very funny because this is the late 80s. Kelly enters the scene and she's trying to get a taxi, but they keep passing her by. And then she sort of accidentally makes eye contact with the strange lady mm-hmm. who starts trying to get her attention and asking her to help. And Kelly actually walks away, fakes not hearing her for a couple of times until like it reaches a level where she can't like plausibly deny it without, you know, actively being a jerk. So she turns around and like helps her and just kind of explains on the map like very reluctantly. Mm -hmm. And then the fairy godmother starts to walk off in the wrong direction. And Kelly is like, no, wait, you're going the wrong way and helps her go in the right direction. And then the fairy godmother is still looking at the map and almost gets run over. And Kelly drops everything she's carrying to, like, grab her out of the way and save her life. And she makes sure that the fairy godmother is all right. And the fairy godmother tells her, you are very kind. Do you know that? And she's like, oh, okay, thanks. And meanwhile, like, interspersed with all the help that Kelly has been giving this woman, she's been like, okay, but, like, I'm really late. I have to go. We also got... A great line from the fairy godmother, which was, oh, I'm always lost. I was in Missouri a week before I realized I was supposed to be in Paris. Which I was like, wow, that's that's not directionally challenged. That's that's a disability. Like, Oh, see, it sounded plausible to me. I didn't even write that line down. I was like, I'm sure there's a Paris near Missouri or somewhere in those states. There's a Paris and a Rome in almost every state in America, but like physically in Missouri, like Missouri. Okay. Anyways, the fairy godmother has been saved, but unfortunately in the process, all of the shoe designs that Kelly was going to bring to the interview and the shoes that she had made, 
which are really ugly, have been smushed or fallen in a puddle or something bad. They're just ruined. Like, we are told multiple times that they're ruined. Mm -hmm. The fairy godmother goes, I wish there was some way I could thank you, but in a French accent, which I can't do. And then the scene abruptly ends as the music, like, swells, because I thought a song was going to start. I kept Mm -hmm. thinking a song was going to start, because the music kept doing, like, very dramatic, and then a pause, and then that's usually when the singing starts. Nope. Nope. Nobody sings on this. Which, like, I mean, I guess that's good. No, but I did It would have been less moving if they had sang. I disagree. I think this movie would have been improved if it had been a musical because the, the nonsense would have been at least in the premise of, yeah, it's a musical. Sometimes things don't make sense. It's fine. I feel like this movie would have weirdly been improved by being a musical. It would have helped me with my suspension of disbelief for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kelly is super late. She runs into the fashion building. She has to talk to the receptionist who <laughs> is meanly eating gelato. Yep. And is very mad at Kelly for being late. And she basically is like, well, I... You can wait. I don't think anyone's going to see you because you're very late. And you had an appointment with Salvatore. And you're late. You're late for an appointment with Salvatore. I mean, go sit on this weird orange couch. Maybe they'll get to you at some point. My note goes, this couch is like a Dorito, but massive. Lots of people. They're all weird and stupid. There's a lot of people sitting on the couch and Kelly has to perch really awkwardly and kind of sideways on the end of it. Mm-hmm. They're all wearing like very aggressively fashion statement outfits. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. that they're good, but everyone's doing like a look. Like there's a guy wearing like a suit, but he's got really long hair. There's a lady in like black and white striped tights. Like they're all very like artistic and Kelly just looks like very boring and frumpy at the end. And then we get, I'm going to go with the greatest cut scene that we've ever had. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So we cut from this to a ceiling shot of Rob Lowe lying spread eagle on the floor in a light blue gray silk robe. Just He's on a circular rug. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his arms are spread out, his legs are spread out. Like it looks uncannily like that bit in the big comfy couch PBS show where Luna the clown does the clock stretch. Yeah, it's uh it's weird. And all of his business minions come in with reviews and they are uh, not at all surprised to find him just uh, prone. Pr- I I guess is so weird. He spends a lot of time in different silk robes in this film Mm -hmm. and he spends a lot of time laying on the floor and it it seems to be his default state of existence when he's trying to think about things or to hide from something everything i'm describing sounds almost charming it isn't it's It's not weird uncomfortable shots of a naked man at work yeah just uh i didn't like it but he is thrilled that they have brought him reviews and demands that they be read aloud You've come to congratulate me. And he says that in honor of all their hard work, he's going to give them all an autographed photo of himself. And I know that the chair that he goes to sit in is a throne. It's like a, it's a throne. He also rubs it a lot as he talks. Yeah. And then we keep switching back and forth between Kelly getting in trouble for being late and the scene with Rob Lowe and his minions but Mm -hmm. it basically starts escalating and he's yelling fraud she called me a fraud 
and he blames the critic and he tries to ban her from coming to his shows but it turns out he's already banned that one and basically everyone hates the collection like mm-hmm. nobody liked it mm-hmm. they criticized also the main model of his show that he was calling a flower puddle and all of that gross stuff mm-hmm. who is like the face of the brand yeah this is very important i guess that they have a face of the brand and it's carol yeah and carol is stale and the collection is stale and sales are down how can they be down they're way down oh my god so there's a lot of back and forth with roblo repeating everything that's said to him disbelievingly mm-hmm. and then it just being reiterated and him immediately being swayed by that and it kind of shows how, for all his bluster, he's actually very gullible or very... Flighty, almost? Spineless? Like, for all his confidence, he is not steady on his feet. Like, it does not take a lot to convince him that they actually have to scrap everything and go in a completely different direction, and they have to change their entire image. Yeah, Rob Lowe's goes, we need to change our entire image, and then a herd of business people run through the lobby past the group of people perched awkwardly on the giant Dorito sofa. So everything is canceled and they are having a meeting with all the heads of the departments and the assistants and also Carol. Mm -hmm. And as Rob Lowe walks into the meeting, everybody applauds. And then he starts walking down the center aisle with people on either side of him and just saying mean things about them and deciding if they should stay or not well no okay so it's so much worse than that he goes up to each person so he goes up to a guy and the guy's wearing like a suit with a weird vest on it that's very similar to what he is wearing in the scene and he's like thank you so much for all your hard work takes a step away and goes he's fired and walks up to the hat girl and he's like your work is so appreciated fire her So he just says like really nice things to their face and then takes one step away and then quietly goes, they're fired. They're fired. Make sure you fire them. Yes. He's not saying the mean things to their faces. He's saying the mean things to his minions. So like with the hat lady, he asks her what she does and she points at the hat and he like smiles and nods. And then as he's walking away, he goes, no hats in our next collection. Yeah. And so like the scene is like very funny. But it's not like painting him in a good light or anything. No. It's just mean. He's being mean to a lot of people. <laughs> so he, he comes up to Carol next, his model, his, his flower. And he goes, Carol, your face is the exact image of my soul. Just like rubbing her face mm-hmm. very upsettingly. And then we cut to the lobby and Carol runs out sobbing. So yep. he's fired her. And the business parade runs past Kelly, and she's the only one who's still waiting in the waiting room. Rob Lowe has decided that he needs a new image. He is trying to find the new face of whatever his stupid douchebag brand is. And Salvatore, I think. He's, he's Salvatore, yeah. And he says, he says a line, which you wrote down, but I did not. Oh, I wrote it. Yep, 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 yep. He goes, scour the city. I want beautiful girls. I want big ones, fat ones, small ones, tall ones. And then he pauses and he goes, did I say fat ones? No fat ones. Uh, it was so obviously supposed to be a very funny comedy beat that we would all go, ha, 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 fat ones. The thing is, like, 
Rob Lowe's delivery of all his lines is very good. They're just not good lines. They're terrible lines. It's just he is the douchebaggiest person in this performance. He he's got no redeem. He is horrible. He's just an asshole. He's the worst. He's very slimy. Yes. Ugh. We cut to the lobby again and Mimi the angry redhead comes out and yells to Kelly that it's not possible for her to see Rob Lowe and that also they need dressers so she needs to like go back to the job that she was doing and then we see Kelly outside sitting and there's a dog near her and she's tries to befriend it but it snaps at her which was a weird scene she goes are you lonely and reaches out to the dog and the dog like practically bites her and she goes "Ooh, never mind but it's not played like as the like dark comedy beat. No. It's just, I think it's supposed to be like a sad moment. Everything in this movie is so awkward. Because mm-hmm. like, if you wanted that to be like a sad moment of loneliness and everybody leaving her, that's not how you do it. Anyways, weird lady comes back to sit with her and asks a different thing now. And Kelly goes, the reason that you get lost is that you don't listen. The weird lady goes, I'm sure you're right. She's also now wearing uh, novelty glasses that look like two guitars with the long bits crossing like mm-hmm. a crossbones. What is the long bit of a guitar called, Liv? The neck? Great. Perfect. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fairy godmother's trying to get more information out of her and finds out that she draws shoes. And she goes, I've never met anyone who draws shoes. You must have a very good soul soul get it that's not live being petty no like that's that's the, the full line. line from the movie that's the line yeah so she compliments the shoe drawings and she takes out the very ugly beige sparkly slingback heel pumps that kelly i guess designed and were broken in the morning debacle kelly goes oh those are broken and the fairy godmother goes oh well they don't look broken can i try them on they look like they're just my size and we do have a funny scene here where Kelly picks up the sneaker that the fairy godmother the has clown just, shoe, the clown shoe, whatever the shoe that the fairy godmother has just taken off and holds it up against like soul to soul with the other shiny shoe. And they're just hysterically different sizes. So that was kind of a funny moment. Yes, but I was so caught up in the fact that this woman has just taken her shoe and is putting it on her foot. Yeah. I just like I don't know I I was like oh you can't do that the social contract you can't do that yeah but anyways the shoes aren't broken anymore and Kelly is very suspicious Kelly's like I swear these were these were definitely broken the fairy godmother also does a fun thing where she will occasionally just get to a place a little bit too fast Mm -hmm. so Kelly tells her okay you go through the tunnel and up the stairs and the fairy godmother is at the top of the staircase on the bridge and she's absolutely not had enough time to get there we never discussed this in the movie it's never pointed out no one ever questions it but it happens and it's just weird and she calls down to cinderella with wings on your feet dreams can come true yeah maybe my uncle said that it was weird so i think this is our second crazy street lady fairy godmother because we got this in the glass slipper as well with madame Fouquet, where there was also magic for no reason so that's true. So then we cut back to the apartment where the evil roommates are. I think one of them is named Domino or something like that. One of them is definitely named Domino. 
one of them is sort of shorter and a little bit more German looking. I don't know. And the other one has sort of an overbite. They're, they're identical. They're just mean. They're not distinguished from one another in any way. They only ever appear together. They're just a unit. It's fine. Yeah, they never really do anything that sets them apart in any way. So no. they're just the evil roommates. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. So they're in their underwear, which is matching each other. But also like 1950s underwear. Yeah, and they've got face masks with slices of different vegetables on their faces, but mm-hmm. they're also eating a salad with those vegetables. So that's happening. They are suddenly being like suspiciously nice to Kelly and they want her to eat with them because they want to know how her meeting with Salvatore went because they want to meet him. Yeah, they want to meet Because in. they've heard that he's looking for a new model to represent his whole brand and be his new image. And the roommates are like clearly gunning for that. And mm-hmm. when Kelly realizes that, she kind of laughs. But then when she sees that they're serious, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you mean it. Okay. So she does laugh at them kind of often, but it's very kind of good natured. I, I did find that kind of charming, where she seems not hurt by anything that they say, but just like very amused. Yeah. I like that she has terrible roommates. You know, she does clean up after them and they do get on her about the rent and they're very mean. But it's also clear that she knows that they are ridiculous and there's just there's not a lot of emotional stake in this for her. So, okay, I will say, though, that that really undermines the point of a Cinderella. It does. Uh, I think I don't know. This movie's terrible. (laughs) So we cut to work the next day. And Veronique is asking how the interview went, and Kelly explains that he didn't have the time. And Veronique calls her a poodle. Which is a very funny insult from a French lady. Mm-hmm. You're a poodle. And she tells her to be tougher and to not let people tell her what to do. And at that point, the model, whose dress she's pinning on, says, stop talking. And Veronique just quietly takes the pins that she had put into the dress to hold it on uh, out. And she unzips the skirt, too. Yeah. And then as she, like, tells the model she's done, she's like, and just so you know, I did my best. And the model, like, walks onto the runway, which I think is very interesting because she's Mm -hmm. really drawing attention to herself in case something were to happen later on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She wants her to know. She does. So Rob Lowe walks in with a weird margarita fishbowl glass full of water and a giant lemon slice in it. And he pulls the lemon slice off the glass and just hurls it away from him. And then starts walking through this room of women saying no to them without even looking at any of them, literally not even looking at them. And this is 100% the Cusco scene where he's going, no, yikes, 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 yikes. Hate your hair. Let me guess, you have a great personality. It's literally that scene, but it goes on for so much longer. And also it's not funny. Here's the thing. The girls that are auditioning are all lovely. We do a weird moment where Kelly and Veronique make fun of one of the models and go, do you notice that she like doesn't have a chin? And then we cut to her audition, I guess. And Rob Lowe is on his hands and knees crawling around her. And she goes, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm looking for your chin. Yeah, it's which is interesting. Would be funny if she was a person who had a very severely undercut job, but she doesn't. She just looks normal. She's just a beautiful lady. And also, when you're making fun of models, making fun of their appearance, it's kind of like, well, they're models. Like they're gonna be beautiful. Pick a different thing to make fun of. Like you're being like weirdly cruel 
about a model's appearance, like, everyone watching this is less beautiful than a model. Like, that's how statistics work. Yeah. So the girl comes in that Veronique dressed in. Her skirt falls off and everyone laughs. And Roblo has an existential crisis and he goes, I'm not attracted to anything. There's no beauty. The world is black. He's just slouching around an empty dressing room, pouting. The only people there are Veronique and Kelly. And Veronique is like, go talk to him. You were supposed to have an interview. Go talk to him. And he's just being such a dramatic little baby. They're like 10 feet away from each other. He should 100% be able to hear them because they're also talking about him just narrating what he's doing. Yeah. They're just having like a whisper fight between each other while he's like curled up on the floor going, I'm a monster. Nothing moves me. Nothing touches me. The image of Salvatore must be life. And so Kelly like kind of approaches him while he's in the throes of this crisis. I guess. So they're both on the floor and she's kind of looking at him. She hasn't said anything. She's just walked up. She's in his radius. And so now she's just been sucked into this drama. Mm -hmm. And he grabs her hands and he goes, while looking like straight into her eyes, he goes, I've lost my inspiration. I feel nothing. That is my tragedy. If I could find something beautiful that moved me, oh, it would be a miracle. And he gets off the floor and she's still just there. She hasn't said anything. He just keeps going on. And he's looking for something, you know, full of life, full of joy. Something truthful and challenging. And he goes, and not, waves his hand, gesturing vaguely to everything. This, I won't find it here. I won't find it at all. And then he kisses her hand. But in a very, like, not even paying attention to the gesture kind of way. Like, you get the sense that he's just, like, very casually affectionate with everyone. And he doesn't even really super know who he's talking to in the moment. No. And so she takes this moment to go, Senor Salvatore, I'm Kelly Carter. And he goes, I'm very happy for you. Walks And then just turns around and walks away. He's such a horrible person he's so awful i hate him so much i don't think he's immoral as much as he is like amoral with an a like i just don't think he has the depth of thinking or understanding to be genuinely evil to anyone he's like a toddler crushing an ant or something like that he doesn't know that she's a real person with feelings he's not trying to be mean he just doesn't care yeah so Veronique is very disappointed in Kelly that she did not make more of a move. And she delivers this line, which I loved. You're a girl. He's a man. You have the natural advantage. Which I thought was actually pretty funny. And then Veronique offers to help Kelly with her looks and decides that she's going to give her a makeover. She says, you're an artist and you look like a housewife. Which I don't think she looked like a housewife. No. That's like, she doesn't look like an artist. I think to an extent, Veronique is right because she does this whole thing about how, you know, they're in the fashion business. People are going to judge you by appearances. You look normal. You have to look like what people think an artist looks like or they're not going to pay attention to you. They're not going to notice you. And then she's like, you're exactly what other people think you are. It's existential, I know. Which I thought was very cute. And in the background of the scene, someone is dusting a mannequin. And it's the fairy godmother. So the fairy godmother is stalking Kelly. 
in a variety of conspicuous dress-up outfits. Mm-hmm. She wears a lot of disguises that are actually much more noticeable than if she... Like, they look like costumes. <laughs> like, at one point, she's dressed, like, as a mail carrier. At another point, she's got, like, a fake mustache on. It's very noticeable. It's very conspicuous. But she's also only ever in the background. She does not interact with any scene that she does this in. No, she just lurks. So it doesn't really do anything other than as like, hey, do you remember her? She she exists. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. So is she doing anything? Yeah. No. So Kelly and Veronique come out of the store and Kelly is now wearing basically tighter skinny jeans, like black skinny leggings and a leather jacket. And she's holding her purse over her crotch like she's naked and she's walking like she's naked, which was so weird. Just such a weird choice. There's other ways to show that you are uncomfortable in the clothes you're wearing than like just it was so weird. Anyways, they cut to a bar and they're practicing their looks. They're practicing sultry and confident. And this is a little bit funny just because Jennifer Grey is having such a good time making silly faces. The piano starts playing and it sounds like we're going to get a musical, but we don't. And then I just wrote, oh, baby's in the corner. (laughs) So Kelly is instructed to like try to make eyes at some guy in the bar. And she keeps having to take off her glasses because I guess glasses aren't sexy. Then she has to like kind of hold them up in her front of her face to see what's happening. And so she's doing like a very bad job of it, kind of squinting and pouting at a guy. And also Jennifer Grey, the actress, is trying really hard not to laugh. And the whole thing is, like, very cute. Yeah. It does get the attention of a guy, and he comes over, and he's like, oh, is anyone sitting here? And she goes, no. And he just kind of nods and takes the chair and walks away. Also, everyone only speaks English in Paris, it turns Mm -hmm. out. I've never been to Paris, so maybe they do. Yeah, only English and French accents. That's 100% how I understand Paris to be. By the way, when she was first making eyes with this person, they were so weirdly dressed that I thought that it was a hot girl. <laughs> and it wasn't until the dude got quite close and started to speak. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a dude. Because he had sort of wavy, like mid-shoulder length blonde hair and was kind of willowy. I'm like, oh, this is a hot chick. Interesting. No, it's a dude. That's not where the movie is going. If the not. movie was going there then Kelly and Veronique would have been making out on the back of that motorcycle. 100%, yeah. So they storm out of the bar. Kelly's having a real bad time. She's furious about this. She's uncomfortable. She doesn't need a man to feel good. She doesn't like this. It's not her. Very godmother is being a street sweeper behind them for no reason. She goes, I feel fine about how I am, except for these pants where you're choking me. And she's getting more and more upset as she says this. And by the time she gets to, like, I'm happy with who I am, she's actively crying. Yeah. And Veronique gives her just, like, the flattest look, like, mm-hmm. I, I, are you even buying this at this point? We then cut back to our Roblo Palace Chateau, and we see Mimi, the very angry lady with short red hair, calling for Francesco, for Roblo's character. And she finally finds him, and he is hiding under his desk, sniffing the carpet. And he is muttering anxiously about he's terrified about having an artificial image and that he is a fraud and he's he's let all of you down and we should close nothing but a house of cards only a miracle will save me and at this point i go oh he's not an asshole he's an artist 
<laughs> okay. I I now believe that this man is a clinically insecure fashion designer who's also just a huge jerk, but is genuinely artistic because nobody but artists has crises that make you sniff the carpet and cry about being artificial. As someone who has an art degree, I... I have nothing to add to this. <laughs> oh, I, I do want to mention that the desk in his office is like a very stylized, aggressively modern for the 1990s desk. Mm -hmm. And so he actually doesn't have a lot of room under it. And it's also like very sleek and pointy and kind of jagged and asymmetrical. So he's curled up like in the fetal position, but also like he just doesn't have any other room. Yeah. He's also wearing another sort of shorter than I would really like silk robe with a weird orange and black stripey pattern, but not tiger stripes, just sort of weird. And someone is knocking on the door and it is the fairy godmother wearing even crazier glasses. This time they're in the shape of two martini glasses. She knocks on his door and goes, is this for Sai? She goes, when do you open? And, and he's, he's like, no, your map is upside down. And she goes, you could throw a big party here. He's like, great, whatever, and closes the door. But she knocks again or pushes her way through and just sort of walks in a little bit. And it's just sort of babbling weirdly in kind of prophetic words. So what she says to him is, you know, sometimes when you're looking for something, it can be staring you in the face and you just need a different way of seeing it. And he goes, okay. And she leaves. Well, she leaves and she goes, it was good of you to answer the door in time. I usually only knock once. So I guess she's opportunity? Yes, I guess. But also, the thing, the whole premise of this is that she is sort of contriving to plant ideas in their collective minds to have them end up together because she wants to thank Kelly for helping her when she didn't have to. But she sees that Rob Lowe is just the worst person and is like, ah, yes, I would love to force this girl who was very kind to me to be with this absolute monster of a human being. There's a Russian fairy tale movie in which a chimney sweep rescues a wizard and he has the, what's the thing where you hit it with the rock and fire happens? Flint? Flint or whatever. Yeah, it's like magic Flint and he grants him like three wishes. And the story is like uh, a pretty old one, but the movie is a slightly more modern take on it. But anyways, the chimney sweep has like fallen or he's a soldier whatever the soldier guy has like fallen in love with a princess he's like i want to marry the princess the magician wizard guy is like i no she doesn't seem that great i you don't even know her listen i can get you into college without exams the soldier is like no this is what i want and the magician is so disappointed i just feel like the fairy godmother should have at least tried like she should have been like hey, what about just like, here's a check? Open up your own fashion house. Yeah. So after closing the door on the fairy godmother, Rob Lowe runs to his minions and goes, I've had an idea. Sometimes something can be looking you right in the face and you just need a different way of looking at it. I'm a genius. We'll throw a party. We'll invite all the beautiful women and they won't know they're being watched and then I'll see them in their natural habitat or something and I'll find the new face. And then he falls down the staircase? He's, like, running down the staircase as he says this to his minions who are, like, outside for whatever reason. And he leans on, like, this giant vase, like, a stone vase as he's doing it. And he's, mm -hmm. like, posing dramatically. 
But the vase starts to tilt and he has to like scamper to like put it back and everyone kind of lunges forward to help him. So it really undercuts his whole I'm a genius thing. Yeah. Which like the movie keeps signaling to us that Rob Lowe is the butt of the joke. And then at one point it just stops. My note here was his over the top attitude is growing on me. Yeah, like it It will stop growing on me, but Okay. So we cut to the apartment and the model roommates have all gotten invitations to this party. Kelly obviously did not. The models are now going over what they're going to wear and fighting over the bathroom. And one of them is going to wear what I can only describe as black armor. And they fight each other over the bathroom and spray each other in the face with hairspray and call each other mean names through the door. They're just being like very catty to each other, which... I think is an interesting thing when the stepsister characters are mean to each other as well as to Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really funny dynamic that if you take away their one outlet, they'll turn on each other. Mm -hmm. So Kelly leaves the apartment to get away from the screaming and meets Veronique in the street. And Veronique says, why don't you be my date tonight? We'll crash this party. And Kelly's like, no, I don't want to do that. And Veronique says, I brought you a dress. Kelly's like, I can't wear it. You stole it. I haven't stolen it. I borrowed it. It's a Salvatore dress. At which point I said, oh, so it's going to be hideous. Yeah. And um, we now get a really annoying scene where Veronique is pointing out that Kelly has a crush on Rob Lowe. But we're looking at Kelly's face, but we can see Veronique's reflection in the little mirror of her motorcycle in the bottom right hand corner of the screen. And it's just so it's framed so badly and it's so distracting. It's a really weird angle of her face, too. It's bad. It's just baffling composition, like completely baffling. I could understand trying it just to see how it would look. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that being your only take. Yeah. Cause and like, keeping that the way it is. Because there's a really you great... You just zoomed in and just cropped the motorcycle mirror out. Yeah. Or Well, actually, if they recorded it on tape, they, I guess they couldn't have. I guess not. Like, there's a really artistic thing that people do where you have a shot where there's a mirror and you have a character facing the mirror, but they're making eye contact in it. Like, the, the mirror shot. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This isn't that. This is terrible. This is just distracting. Anyways, this conversation ends with Veronique saying, it's too bad you won't let anything nice happen to you. So Kelly does take the dress and Veronique very awkwardly walks her motorcycle backwards. And the models come out wearing just the most massive shoulder pads. They're wearing just... One of them is wearing black armor and the other one is wearing a red tight bodycon dress, but with shoulder, like spiky shoulder pads that are wider than she is. They they go out so far. One of them steals a taxi and doesn't let the other one in. Because they're still fighting with each other. Mm -hmm. So then the fairy godmother is just also there. Yeah. And she's like, wow, what a super dress. Oh, it'll go perfectly with your shoes. Those shoes are special. And they have like, oh, hello, how are you, exchange? And the fairy godmother just like very oddly goes, oh, I'm busy, but happy. And she looks so searchingly at Kelly. Mm -hmm. And there's such a long pause that Kelly goes, what is it? And the fairy godmother just goes, well, I'll leave you to it. And then she leaves. My note here is that ugly dress absolutely does not go with those shoes, but okay. This dress is hideous. You guys, I Okay. I spent the last... We haven't seen we haven't seen the full dress yet. But what we know of the color as it's bunched up, we can already tell that there's too many different kinds of fabric happening and mm-hmm. that it's gonna be floofy. 
but it's also like this very cool toned purpley bluey dress is in their purpley bits and their bluey bits depending on which chunk it is I have it as like a cool pink but yeah yeah so it's all cool tones the shoes Kelly has made are a warm off-white warm gray color beige with rhinestones on them just completely covered in rhinestones but overall they're very warm taupey kind of shoe absolutely will not go with that dress no I'm sorry just like not even a little bit which in this universe like I understand that she didn't have a way of knowing what dress Veronique was gonna get when she made those shoes but the costume designer of this movie did knew that they were gonna have to pair those together so I just like I mm. yeah I have questions about the costume designer anyways so Kelly passes herself in the mirror is disappointed and takes her glasses off and sort of does some expressions at herself in the mirror and we cut between Kelly going back and forth about whether she's going to go and getting ready and the party going on so those are the scenes that we're cutting back and forth between very rapidly we're at the party now we see Rob Lowe at the top of the staircase and he is dressed like a hussar yep so it's all black with gold trim it's very military looking it has a bunch of gold braid across the chest and lots of little buttons not like a good hussar costume by the way just it does not fit him right no he doesn't look good in it at all he could look good in it. also you weren't supposed to wear those jackets all the way buttoned up you were supposed to wear them jauntily across the backs of your shoulders, like a half cape thing. Yeah. First of all, that's how you wear that and look cool. Yeah. Or you wear it half unbuttoned because it's got a double breasted. It's it's they did it bad. They did it bad. So the model roommates are there and the, the one that's in red knocks over a tray of stuff. And Rob Lowe is just watching them all sort of disinterestedly. From the stairs. He has not joined the party. He is just lingering on the staircase. Mm-hmm. the camera kind of follows like where he's looking just panning yeah. over all of these beautiful people who are all by the way wearing the same outfits the same the- type of outfits that we saw in the fashion show which this is this is my thing this this idiot of a human being thought that he was going to invite all of the models of paris to a party together at his house and that they were not gonna be behaving as though they were being judged being judged like the way that you find someone in their natural habitat is to get a model and bring them to a fancy palace in paris with all the other models and you think you're going to get natural behavior out of that like what what did he think was gonna did he think it was going to be a super bowl party and people were going to show up with like nachos and pjs and beer like what what did he think was going to happen i think this man is so full of himself and like so far removed from normal human behavior that he just doesn't understand what regular people do. Like, this is the man that lives in this banana's palace and lays on the floor in his silk robe talking about his inspiration. Like, I don't think he understands that these models have a version of themselves that's not full glam. Okay, that... Because he doesn't have a version of himself that's not full glam. This man has, like, a 30-step skincare routine and is wearing, like, a full face of makeup and contouring every moment of his life. That's a good point. Meanwhile, Kelly's getting ready. She looks at herself and says, it's gonna take work, gonna take a miracle. Back at the party, we see Veronique trying to get in, wearing, again, this, I guess, very cool velvet pantsuit thing. 
the man at the door is who's clearly stopping people for tickets holds out his hand for her ticket and she leans past him and goes Jean-Marc and runs up to a dude behind the doorman and kisses him and then goes thank you and just walks in she fully makes out with him like this is not like a hello kiss no this is this is a let me check if your tonsils are still there kind of kiss and this guy is just like oh okay yes veronique is just happening to him now Mm -hmm. and will for the rest of the party and he looks like both leaves and completely baffled by the situation yeah we're back in Kelly's apartment and she's just taking a shower. Mm-hmm. She's in the dress, but she doesn't look as good as she usually does, like just in the rest of the movie, no. because her hair's still wet and she just looks unhappy. She looks in the mirror and she goes, Well, guess this is as good as it gets, which I like better when they did it in The Prince's Diaries. Which I know that this movie did it first, but like also they did it wrong. There are other reasons that I'm making that comparison, which I will elaborate on later. Okay, guys, normally we watch these and record right away, but we decided not to on this one. And I'm really glad we did because I have spent the last three entire days trying to figure out how to describe this dress to you with words this is the ugliest dress that could ever exist so again it's this sort of cool gray pinky purple color the color of a dead jellyfish rotting on the sand no i like the color the color is fine you're wrong the color is terrible it also doesn't look great on her it's not a good color on her it's got a tight bodice with no sleeve so it's totally strapless And it has little pleated lighter trim around the top. And at first you just see that and you're like, okay, maybe it's something kind of slinky. Maybe this is okay. And then you see the rest of it. And the dress itself is sort of a bubble dress. So the skirt is short and it, it goes out very wide, but then it sucks under like she's got a vacuum cleaner hoovering it up, you know, hidden between her thighs. And... There's sort of a straighter pencil-y part that comes down underneath that for some reason. And then on the edges of her dress, sort of like the panniers that you wore in 17th century France, she has floofs of tulle, but not good tulle. Like... It, Globs. It looks... You know how anybody's mom put all of your plastic bags in one plastic bag to take them to the store? <laughs> it's those. She's got those on the side of her hips low not not at like a good high, just it's so bad it, and the the tool is short and just looks like it's cut raggedy and it's sort of got a train it's just kind of and so i was holding out hope for a minute i was like oh wow this is truly possibly the ugliest dress that could ever exist i honestly don't know what you could add to this dress to make it worse and then she sits down and we get a long extended shot of her putting on the shoes and as she puts on both shoes the lights flicker, and I thought, oh, the shoes are the magic part. Okay, great. They've also transformed the dress. She'll be wearing something that has a similar look, you know, same overall color, but it'll be a beautiful sort of flowy dress, you know, cut on the bias so it clings to your curves and is very natural and fluid looking. We'll have something really beautiful because of the shoe magic. 
because of the shoe magic. Nope. There is shoe magic, but that's not what it does. Nope. So she leaves her glasses behind, which means she's going to spend the next like handful of scenes squinting mm-hmm. nearsightedly at everything, mm-hmm. which is really funny, but not very glamorous mm-hmm. for your big like yeah. ball moment. And as she goes outside, and we haven't seen her all the way. Like, we know that something happened, mm-hmm. but we don't know what, because the camera keeps conspicuously only showing us her walking, like, knees down. Mm-hmm. And we know that as she gets outside, like, somebody wolf whistles at her, and then a car crashes into another car. And as she gets into a taxi, it's the fairy godmother wearing a fake mustache and the taxi is orange it's a big orange taxi which was kind of it's also apparently from like the 50s somehow it is like a full-on jalopy like Mm -hmm. it's a jinky jinky old taxi yeah so we cut to the party rob lowe is sitting on the staircase pouting and frowning like a child who's been told that he can't have a third piece of cake what an apt analogy right Uh, Kelly pulls up at the door and Fairy Godmother says, hey, do you want to order your return taxi? I can come and get you again at midnight, which I liked. I thought that was a really nice way to have her have to leave at midnight. Yeah, but it was also like weird and contrived and nonsensical. Okay, also that. The the point about the orange taxi is that everybody else is there in like a red convertible Mm -hmm. and this clunker pulls up in front of this palace and she gets out. As Kelly walks in, everybody stops, and Roblo is just struck, and we finally see what's happening, and what's happening is, I guess, the makeup department put, like, more shimmery makeup on her face, mm-hmm. and now she has, like, a sparkly necklace, and her curly hair, instead of being loose curls swinging around her head, it's now pulled back, like, sleek back with gel, and then it floofs out behind her in a more, like, I don't know, would you say that's more of like a 50s starlet kind of look? Yeah, or like 40s-ish. So it is a different hairstyle. That's it. She does not look better or worse with or without makeup. She She was not wearing makeup before, and she is wearing makeup now. She looks good with and without makeup. She does not look particularly different. Yeah. The makeup is actually very subtle in an early 90s kind of shimmery, silvery way. Yeah, and she had styled her hair before she left, so her hair had already been a little bit less artfully windswept than normal. So it was already sort of more controlled curls, and now it's just flat. It it was so weird. It was not anything that she couldn't have accomplished with, like, 15 more minutes at her home. Yeah. I say this as a person that has, like, very short hair and doesn't really wear makeup very often. Like... I looked at what she had on and I was like, I can do that. That's not, that doesn't look that hard. Yeah. So everyone stops and looks at her as she walks through the room. My note goes, because she's wearing the ugliest dress in all of Christendom. She sees Veronique and Kelly goes up to her and says, hi. And Veronique doesn't recognize her. And there's a funny moment of like, don't you know who I am? Like, what did I dress you? And Veronique is being kind of snotty to her because she's like, why is this person talking to me? And there's this, really ridiculously long back and forth before Veronica finally recognizes the dress and then goes Kelly and Kelly's like yes what what are you like what's happening and Veronique goes you don't look like you at all this is the point at which we all got really confused because 
Like, she does, though. So I think what we were getting here is the magic that we got in the Camilla Cabello one, where the fairy godparent just announces that no one will recognize her. Just, hey, part of the magic is no one will recognize you. And she's like, oh, I need the prince to recognize me. He's like, fine, except the prince. But but what's the point of that I mean, in this case? In this case, there's no point. There's no reason for her to not be recognized. This is a she's all that thing. Like, she, there's no reason... She's not not allowed to be. It's fine. No one needs. She's not supposed to be somewhere else. It's this stupid. It's just. It's very confusing. Like the effect of the magic is not visible. No. But they make a big deal of it in the context of the movie, and also when she puts on the shoe, like the lights flicker on and off to tell us that magic is happening. Which, by the way, is not my favorite way to signal magic. Like even for a TV movie. I feel like they could have done better. Pretty corny. But Roblo walks up to her and goes, Belle, this is my creation. Kelly turns around and hurriedly goes, I can explain. And I think it's Mimi walks up and asks who she is. And Roblo goes, no, I want her to remain a mystery. He goes, tonight you will be whoever we imagine you to be. Yeah. And he goes, how have we not met before? And she starts to say, well, actually, and Veronique elbows her. And she goes, I don't know. Yeah. Which I thought was cute. And, and then they do the line right out of her dream where Roblo goes, champagne. And she goes, please. And he goes, dance. And she says, I'd love to. Yeah, which that was a cute callback. I like that. As he leads her onto the dance floor, they pass a mirror and she does like a double take and checks herself out in the mirror. But like her face in the mirror is also the same. So, like, if they wanted us to know that she was a different person, there would have been a different face in the mirror for us to get that. Like, the movie does nothing to signal to us what is happening. Like, nothing. We don't get any context for what the magic has done. And so I'm taking it at face value in that the magic put some gel in her hair and put some shimmer eyeshadow on. Here's the thing if that was it, I would really like it because. I could totally believe him being so shallow that he literally doesn't have the creativity to look past Kelly's jeans, glasses, and not styled hair. Yeah, 100%. I, I think if they had done like more dramatic makeup, that would have helped. Yeah, you that's know, fine. Or contouring, or I mean, it was the 90s, so I don't know if contouring existed yet. But like a like, smoky eye and a bold red lip. Yeah, something. Instead or, of like a nude shimmer gloss. Yeah, so I'll I'll tell you what I wanted to happen at the end of the movie, but like okay. this, this was a problem for me. Oh yeah. But we do get a funny moment here where one of the model roommates walks up to Veronique and goes, "Yeah, but did you see how vain she is?" Which was just because <laughs> she saw Kelly checking herself out in the mirror. It was really funny. So Roblo and Kelly are dancing in the middle of the crowd, just all alone, and they appear to be talking together and smiling. So I'm like, okay, the business minions are glancing significantly at one another. And they go, prepare everything. Which makes it sound like they're about to get married, which is what I was hoping was going to happen. Like that they were going to do a bait and switch where we thought it was about like the new face of the fashion brand, but it was actually like he just falls in love with her. Yeah. But no. That would have also been good. He asks about her shoes and she goes, they're Carter, Kelly Carter. She's a friend of mine. And he goes, I want to be a friend of yours. She's like, okay. And he goes, will you work for Salvatore? And she's like, what are friends for? And he's like, 
awesome. And so he stops their dance and leads her up to a platform where there is suddenly a spotlight and a smoke machine mm -hmm. and goes, this is the new image, the new face of Salvatore. And there's trumpets. And he does Vanna White hands. Like he does the, what are these hands called? I don't know. It's just the ta-da hands. The, like, like, look at, look at this. Hand model yeah. display, hand model hands. It would, it's just really funny. And everyone's like cheering and applauding. And Kelly's just like there smiling. And through gritted teeth, she just kind of whispers under her breath. Holy shit. Really funny. So now they've left the party, which is, I guess, still in progress, to have a business meeting. In his bedroom. In his bedroom slash office. I hated it. Goes, I'm going to make her an object of desire. So pure. So innocent. Mimi is there, the redheaded minion lady, and is trying to get her to sign some paperwork. And Rob Lowe asks her to leave. And then they leave. And he immediately backs her up against, like, a fireplace and is like, sleep with me. Well, he goes, do you believe in love at first sight? And she kind of hems and haws because... Like, walking backwards, though, and he keeps walking towards her, like the scene from Beauty and the Beast where Gaston just, like, pins Belle against the wall. I just think that's a really funny question to ask somebody you've met many times before. It is, but it's also horrible. Like... Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, he literally goes, sleep with me. I love you. Yeah. I want to be one with you. And she's like, to which oh. she responds with, one is the loneliest number. It's, it's aggressively sexual and threatening, and I hated it, and it was super gross. And then she's like, oh, it's, it's midnight. I have to go. Beauty sleep and all that. I'm going to turn into a pumpkin. Bye-bye. Which I feel like means that Cinderella exists in their universe as a story. Yeah, which is also weird. Anyways, and so she goes to leave, and he blocks the door, which I hate it. That's the worst thing. Yeah. Mm, hate that. And he goes, I'm only half a man without you. Good night, my apparition, my paradigm. But he doesn't say paradigm. He says paradigm. Yeah. Um, of beauty. There's also a bit where he goes to kiss her a little bit earlier, and she kind of ducks away, and she's like, no, I, I can't. I mm -mm. And he's like, why not? And she goes prudence and for whatever reason he decides that this means that her name is prudence so he refers to her exclusively as prudence after this mm -hmm. and he does try to kiss her as he blocks the doorway again but she she dips out under his arm and he misses it is super gross and as she sort of leaves rapidly one of the model roommates goes temperamental little tart which was funny and she drops her shoe on the way as she's getting into the taxi, which is waiting there for her, the light flicker. And I guess we are to believe that she is now not magic, but her hair is still sleek. And she's like, oh, my shoe. And the fairy godmother who's driving goes, don't worry, he'll bring it back. Which I thought was funny at the moment. Yeah. I don't think it's funny now. Yeah. Yeah. So the minions are like, oh my god, I didn't. she didn't sign any of the forms. We don't know who she was. And Veronique is just standing there and she just shrugs. Rob Lowe is like, we have to find Kelly Carter. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only piece of information they have to go off. So he just literally shows up to Kelly's house with the shoe like that morning. Mm -hmm. Kelly does not know that she has transformed back into regular Kelly. No. But she is like asleep in the bed and she freaks out. As you do when the, the hot guy who is your boss, you have a car, and just comes storming into your bedroom but first thing in the morning. 
Yep. The roommates are also freaking out because they're like in their sleep attire with the face Face masks on. Mm -hmm. One of the evil roommates panics and then leaves the scene and then comes back into the scene with the party dress from last night thrown on over her pajamas, but still with her hair like pinned up and the face mask on, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, the the models are pretty funny. Their their antics are great. But Rob Lowe just bursts into Kelly's bedroom. I think Kelly sleeps in the living room because that's also where her desk is. That would make it better marginally, I guess. And he's like, where is she? Where is she? And she's like, oh, I can explain. And he's like, where is your friend? Prudence. Her dress is here. Where is she? She must be here. And at this point, Kelly realizes that he does not recognize her at all. And is like, she left early. And then he grabs the other shoe and is like, her shoe is here. She still has to be here. And he thinks for a second that it might be one of the model roommates. But as she wipes her face mask off, he shrieks, which was pretty funny. Well, he wipes the face mask off of her to check her face, which is fascinating that he can tell that that's not her, mm-hmm. but he can't tell that Kelly is her. And also, Kelly and Prudence have the same color hair, which is the same length, which is the main way that I identify people as someone who is very, very baseline. So I just like don't understand how he has not like even considered this for a moment, but whatever. Yeah. So he looks at the desk where there are all these drawings of the shoes that she's designed, and he goes... Did you draw the shoes? And she goes, yes. Do you like them? And he just tosses the drawings away from him and sort of storms out. And she's like, unbelievable. He doesn't even answer. Like, he doesn't even process that she has said anything. And when he asks, did you draw this? It's like in a very, like, he saw something that distracted him and said it out loud. And then by the time she's answered, he's already moved on. Like, he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. He's like, shoes. Okay, anyways, what were we doing? Yeah, so Veronique comes running up to the apartment congratulating her, and Kelly explains the problem. Veronique is like, do you know how much money is at stake? When you looked like you looked last night, you can do anything you want, even be a shoemaker, which I hated. Just real quick, in this scene, (sighs) Veronique is wearing uh, red pants with a matching cropped red jacket over, like, a dark t-shirt and she looks so cool this is a cool outfit everything she says from this point on in the movie is terrible not good good. and i don't like her anymore yeah so i just while i still have like three more seconds of liking her Mm -hmm. nice suit so veronique goes do you know where you lost it lost what your looks mean and kelly puts the dress on and like all the things but doesn't look like her and Veronique is like I mean like retrace your steps so Kelly's like all right I walked over here and I and she opens she puts on the shoes as she walks over to the refrigerator and the lights flash and as she turns around she is identical but with some makeup on now but with some shimmer Veronique's like you did it you're different but they they haven't clocked that it's the shoes yet so she's like, it can't be opening the refrigerator. So I do like that they are very scientifically trying to isolate the variable here. No, that's very cute. But what happens in the scene is Veronique goes, what did you do? And Kelly goes, I opened the refrigerator. Veronique says, opening the refrigerator usually makes you ugly. That's not it. Yeah. 
anyways, they do eventually figure out that it's the shoes. And they do have kind of a funny scene where they try to see how slowly they can put the shoe on without the magic kicking in. They laugh about this for a while. It's They tried a bunch of times, like on and off, and we see the effect keep happening. So, and the lights flicker every single time, and they're kind of giggling. So, it, it's cute, but I've soured on Veronique. Veronique is dead to me. Yeah, 100%. We now are back to Rob Lowe having his creative crisis, and he's being massaged by three people at once. He's standing with his arms straight out. Mm-hmm. There's a minion behind him rubbing his shoulders, and there's, like, two minions massaging his hands and arms. It's amazing. And Prudence walks in. So Kelly and her pretty shoes. And he goes, Prudence. And she's wearing the outfit that Veronique picked out for her, by the way. Which, by the way, I googled Fashion Week Paris 1990. That is one of the looks that, like, Tyra Banks wore. Really? Yeah, so Fashion Week 1990 had a lot of better looks. There's a little bit of the, like, super full floofy skirt and, like, extra tiered fluffiness and some of the big sleeves. But, like, Fashion Week 1990 was beautiful. It was sort of going in sleeker lines with long jewelry and some of that weird... Do you guys remember that really weird, uncomfortable style where you wore sort of ruched tops that deliberately cut your boobs in the wrong spot? Yeah. Okay, but this movie came out in 1990, so they probably filmed it a year before that. So we should really be looking at Fashion Week 1989. (sighs) So Prudence and Veronique are both there and they are now basically negotiating business. Mm-hmm. Rablo says the unfortunate line that he's like very excited about the upcoming collection. I am covering parts of the body that haven't been touched in years. Mm. Gross. Ew. Yeah. So Prudence negotiates or rather Veronique negotiates aggressively, aggressively that she will be Prudence's dresser and they'll negotiate, you know, a starting bonus and paid time off later. And then Kelly insists that she only wears shoes that are designed by herself. By So Prudence says, I'll only wear shoes that are designed by Kelly Carter. And they're like, no, because we don't work with amateurs. We're like a professional fashion house. So no. And she's like, no, it, it's really non-negotiable. Like you, the shoes are non-negotiable. She also gets really defensive about it, and she's like, well, she's a graduate of the Paris Institute. Yeah. Veronique is like, no, it's fine. It's it's not a deal breaker. And Kelly stands up and goes to walk out. She's like, no, it, this is literally a deal breaker. Veronique says, we'll pass on this one if we can get extra money for the dresser, meaning Veronique. So at this point, Veronique is like no longer... Because Veronique knows that this has always been about the shoe thing for Kelly. Yeah, and is just actively throwing her under the bus somehow. But Kelly is fine with it. I don't know why Kelly doesn't drop her. Yeah, she's just, she's looking out for Veronique from this point on. Yeah. But anyways, Rob Lowe caves and it's like, no, 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 it's fine. Shoes, shoes by Kelly, whatever, it's fine. Please, please have sex with me. And she's like, no, that's not what I'm going to do now. And then we cut back to Kelly waiting on the orange couch with the portfolio. So I think maybe what they actually negotiated is that they will assess or they will consider or something. Something. So Kelly is in the office and everyone is like, oh, she's so plain. Which like, she's not. She's Jennifer Grey. She walks in to this interview and Rob Lowe is working on a coat and she's 
she's more confident now because he is designing and this is something that she is familiar with. This is in her wheelhouse now. Okay, Liv is bringing 100% of that context to this. In the movie, they do not signal this to the audience in any way. All of that stuff before where the characters and the narrative was telling us that Kelly doesn't stand up for herself and she's not assertive and she doesn't say her opinion and she's too quiet and meek. We're done with that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now she's just assertive and she speaks her mind. And that's what everyone likes about her is that she's so honest, which was not like a consistent character trait she has had before. And she gets kind of like more brassy and starts sassing Groblo a little bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely an inconsistent character trait. But she leans over and she's like, oh, you know what this coat would need? Needs a great winter shoe. And then she proceeds to draw a foot. On top of the paper that he was drawing on, which, like, if anyone had ever done that to me while I was drawing, I would have stabbed them with the pencil. Oh, yeah, 100%. A reasonable behavior. So, yeah, my, my internal comment here was that I get that the movie is trying to play up sort of how differently they treat her when she's Kelly versus when she's Prudence, but it's the worst. It's the worst. It's really unpleasant. And this will be more obvious later, but when she's Prudence, she's not doing a character. Like, she's still being herself. Mm -hmm. She's trying to do, like, a look. Like, she's trying to carry herself in a way like a supermodel would. But she's not... She doesn't have a persona. No, she's not changing her behavior at all. And, like, I get that she sort of has them over a barrel as Prudence because, like, they really want Prudence. But, like, this is horrible. Anyways, Roblo yells at everyone to leave the office because he can't concentrate on drawing his coat. But then he calls Kelly back and he's like, draw a shoe. And he shows her some of the sketches and he asks her about Prudence. This is obviously his only reason for talking to her. He's like, did she, she like, did she mention me? And then looks at the shoes and is like, oh, your shoes are good. But did she mention me? But if it's bad, don't tell me. So he oscillates between giving her very specific, very nice, constructive compliments where he's like, oh, I really like the color. This is a really good shape. I like the style. But he'll say that almost to himself while asking her questions about Prudence. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's like, well, this is a really good shape. Did she say anything about me? And he is not letting Kelly interact with him about the portfolio at all. No. He is only asking her questions about Prudence and she's only allowed to respond about Prudence. So even though he's looking at her portfolio, It is zero amount about that. And almost despite himself, he's kind of like, oh, it's okay. It's not, it's not bad. It's good. And so what's, what he's angling towards in this scene, it turns out is that he is asking Kelly to ask Prudence to sleep with him. He says, can you tell her that I think she's very attractive and that I would like to get to know her better? Yeah, that's. And Kelly was like, yeah, I think she got that. So then he's grumbling about the color of the coat and he's like, oh, this color, it's, it's just no good. What do you think? And she goes, yeah, I agree. That color is bad. And he is startled by this. And he goes, you don't lie, do you? And now she's got a job. He goes, you have a job. I like the shoes with coat idea. Like work on that. What? So and we, I just, okay. I just, I'm not a super successful fashion designer in Paris, obviously. But I feel like if you're primarily known for a clothing brand, unless you're actively looking to like sell shoes, I don't know that the shoes need to be the spotlight of your collection. I think they should be the least distracting possible thing to fade into the background to highlight the actual pieces. Yeah. 
And also, my God, winter shoes, like winter boots with a long coat, break groundbreaking. Who could have imagined that what would look good with a long coat is winter shoes instead of, I don't know, stilettos. Okay, now that I'm saying this out loud, 100%. It has never occurred to Roblo that a woman might not wear stilettos with a winter coat. <laughs> so we get a work montage now of her working with him and them doing design. And she gives lots of dress feedback. And she draws perfectly ordinary shoes that are not special in any way, shape, or form. He's modeling a, a, a dress on someone and it has a really ugly sash. And she removes the ugly sash and turns it into a really ugly shawl. I thought that she was going to make the clothes better, but she doesn't. They're just moving the same ugly pieces around. Yeah. And we also see her drawing people. Like, we see the back of her sketch pad, and she's just drawing people in different poses. Like, why? And then she gives him, like, a stick, which turns out to be a smiley face watch. I guess this doesn't matter. I, I guess he asks somebody what time it is more than once in the movie, but not enough that I had noticed until that moment. Not at all. And also there's like all these shots of them like working shoulder to shoulder, like almost cheek to cheek with like sexy music because they're drawing on the same canvas and they're both like poking the same piece of paper. But like she's designing clothes now, which like that's that's not her thing. She Clothes and shoes are not the same thing. I don't know. It's wild to me that in the movie they didn't make her want to be a clothing designer. Yeah. I understand the shoe aspect of it with like the Cinderella bit and everything. Like I get it. But it just, like, doesn't work at all. And so they finish drawing. I guess they've been working on this one picture of a coat that just... he's mostly done with and the winter shoes that we see later. Oof. And they're just, like, slippers in a thick fabric with the same kind of embroidery on it as the coat. Which the coat is... Which, like, makes the... perfect sense. But, like, did you really need Kelly Carter to do that? You needed to design someone, like... Someone went to school to design this. Also, the design is just a trench coat. It's just a trench. It's not a really cool, great coat or a really fun, like, asymmetrical, double-breasted, wide pl No, it's just a trench coat. It's just boring. We never see any of Kelly's shoe designs before this, and we only see the two different versions of the same shoe that she designs, like, for this dress, where it has just a slightly different feel. So we have zero sense of what her personal style is and if no. she's just trying to echo the Salvatore brand or if she's following her passion and creativity. I had a stronger sense of what Elle, the teenager from Sneakerella, liked about shoes and what designing shoes meant to him and what his personal style and vision was and what he wanted out of his life. And that boy was 19 years old. I agree with you 10,000%. And then we get a classic for a modern Cinderella. We get the you have to be in two places at once scene, which we never like when it shows up. It's always not fun. It just stresses me out so badly. I don't know why. Like, there's no stakes to this. Everything is stupid. I don't care about this movie. And I'm still stressed at the fact that Prudence has to try and close. And at this point, the progression of Roblo and Kelly Carter's characters it's clearly that she's like his gal Friday, mm -hmm. the only person that will give him a little bit of sass back, but also ultimately like respects what he's doing mm -hmm. and is like clearly half in love with him, if not more. Okay, here's the thing. As a connecting scene in theory, I like the idea of 
we work together in the same field and on the same project and that builds a bond and a sense of closeness and a real connection between us and like a sense of partnership. I like that. I think that's good. That's not what happens here, but that's what they were going for. Well, we never see any of that either. Like we see it in montage form, but we don't see this relationship develop at all. Yeah. These character beats are like out of nowhere. Yeah. So anyways, Prudence is doing a clothes try and it's this really green dressed, ugly. People are showering her with compliments. And then Rob Lowe calls for Kelly. And so Prudence has to like run away. And to be fair, Veronique does help her with this process. She is a dresser. She is yeah. her literal personal dresser. Yeah. And she is getting paid like twice as much to dress two separate identities. Yeah. So Rob Lowe asked Kelly what she thought and... Kelly goes, this is pretentious and awful, and, like, she can't move in it. This is terrible. And Rob Lowe is like, could you just tell Prudence to please tell me this face-to-face? Like, she doesn't have to go through you. And she's like, sure thing. She she also tells Rob Lowe that it's not at all what she thought that this collection is about. So you get a real sense that she thought they were working on something together, and she is not seeing that manifest. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of doubting what this actually all is yeah and then he needs prudence again yeah so kelly has to run back to veronique and get changed back into her prudence clothes and put the shoes back on so she has the prudence makeup and hair Mm -hmm. and she's unhappy about this she's like i don't think this is a good idea and veronique tells her i don't know what you're complaining about and kelly goes we've created a frankenstein veronique says wrong story and also what do you mean we And then Kelly shares that she, as Prudence, is going out with Rob Lowe after this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Veronique is like, oh, uh, what are you doing after dinner? And she's like, I think we're going to just be like at his house. And Veronique is like, well, you know what that means. And then she suggests to Kelly that she kick off the shoes at the crucial moment which will make him wilt and will revolutionize birth control. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, she sucks. She's not nice. I don't like her. Nope, she's the worst. So they try to troubleshoot the photo shoot for tomorrow and something. So she puts the shoes on and the model roommates are really nice to her because this this bit is happening at the apartment. And as Prudence, she gets them to clean the room and says like, oh, and is it okay if Kelly's, you know, a little late with rent this month? And they're like, oh, of course, like we're just family. And in my notes, I'm like, okay, but she just got a huge signing bonus. Like she has enough money to pay rent, like making your crappy roommates clean the house. That's funny. Not paying rent is like not, that's not cool. Like you need to pay rent. Yeah, I... I didn't think that it was unreasonable for them to be like, and don't forget, rent is due on Monday, unless they were just actively making fun of her for not having money because she's not a model, which was at no point made clear to us. Or like if we got a scene where they were collecting double rent from her, or like she was paying more than a third of the rent for some reason, and they were like actively screwing her over. It seems like they're just reminding her about rent. Rent? Because she's been late before, which, like, if she's working as a dresser in Paris for, like, a fashion thing and living with two other roommates, like, it makes sense that things are tight. 
Yeah. But it's also not like an evil roommate thing. No, that's just, just an annoying roommate thing. Paying rent. Yeah. Anyways, so we see Prudence arrive at the palace of Roblo in an open top car that's literally filled with roses. She has been picked up by a driver. Roblo did not come to get her. No. He is waiting for her, though, in front of the stairs leading up to the house. Mm-hmm. Which are covered in rose petals. Prudence goes as they as they climb the literally covered in rose petal staircase. So I guess this means we're not going out for Chinese. And this is where I started to get annoyed because, like, here's the thing: Roblo is a douchebag and an idiot and a self-absorbed narcissist. But he is genuinely a designer. He is one of the only men who would be like, "I noticed that you are always wearing the exact same shoe, which is weird for a model." Yeah. He does not notice this, which I don't believe. I don't believe that. If this was a regular Cinderella and he was not a designer, absolutely. Like, what kind of shoes are those? Uh, Black ones. See? Like, it'd be fine. I feel like even a guy who's not a fashion designer would at some point notice that a girl only wears rhinestone (laughs) heels. They're pretty noticeable. I'm so tempted to buy really ugly beige rhinestone heels and wear them every day and see how long it takes my husband to notice. I feel like it'd be a while. No, he would notice. You know who wouldn't, though. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Anyways, so they're having dinner at this place, and dinner is a long, like, comedically long table with a piano and a hired piano player and four or five guys dressed completely in white to serve them and the two of them are eating at opposite ends of this dramatically long table the way that like an angry couple does but they're playing it up for cuteness but he knew that there was going to be a date like it's not there's why would you set the plate settings at opposites you set them next to each other or you get a normal sized table like this is a palace there's multiple rooms there's multiple dining rooms there's multiple rooms with tables i don't understand what's happening in this scene there's also these giant candelabras Mm -hmm. that are like crystal to the point where Kelly's Prudence is leaning completely sideways hanging off her chair to see Rob Lowe Mm -hmm. and then in the next cut they're sitting next to each other eating Mm -hmm. so So I don't know what any of that was for because okay that kind of scene happens when there's a guy who's really fussy And he doesn't know how to loosen up and have fun. Mm -hmm. And then the magical pixie dream girl, who's not like all the other girls he knows, teaches him how to relax and just like not stand on ceremony and have a good time. Yep. That's not what their dynamic is. Nope. Nope. If anything, she's the frumpy one. So they they have lobster. She plays with the lobster claws. And then we see them talking while eating grapes, but she keeps aggressively shoving grapes into his mouth. As you should be. We can only assume... To make him stop talking. Just like, no, keep eating the grapes. Please stop making face sounds with your face hole. Jesus. (laughs) So they dance some more. And she's wearing a a pretty dress this time. It's green. It's tight. It's kind of ruched. It does cut her It's just like a bodycon dress. She looks beautiful. And it's a really good color on her. It is better than anything he designs or puts her in or puts anybody in. It's just a good dress. Like, this is the only good dress we see in the movie. And they go from dancing in just the grand hall in his palace mm-hmm. to still dancing, but in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, you are the most beautiful creature. 
And she says to him, you talk to me like I'm not even a human being, but I think she means that in a good way. And she's like, it makes me feel funny. Well, she says, I wish you wouldn't talk to me like that. It makes me feel like I'm not human. So but then she says it makes me feel funny in like a giggly kind of way. Yeah. But then he kisses her and she's like, that makes me feel funny, too. Which like what? Also, before that happens, they end the dance and he does the worst dip ever. Like, my God. Did you even- if somebody dipped me after we had dinner, I would be furious. Right? Like, that's not a move for after dinner. Also, if you don't know how to dip properly, don't do a dip. Do a side lean. And if you don't know how to do a side lean properly, don't do that either. Those are moves that you really need to know how to do because you'll hurt someone and you look like an idiot. I just, I have very strong feelings about it. I have been dropped. Oh. It's unpleasant. So then they just make out while laying on the bed. And her shoe, one of her shoes starts kind of slipping off, partially off her foot. And she yelps and she's like, wait, I want to wait. Never mind. And she's like, I know what you're expecting. And he's like, I'm not expecting anything. And he tells her that he wants to wait and that it's better if they wait because he doesn't want to make any mistakes. And then he goes, good night. I'll see you tomorrow. And then she leaves. And then immediately she's telling Veronique about it, who also doesn't understand it. And then they try to figure out if there is something physically wrong with him that would prevent him from participating in the uh, activity they were expecting. Yeah, Veronique can come up with no other reason than food poisoning for him to resist copulation. So that was upsetting. They're also now at yet another photo shoot where Prudence is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. and Roblo walks in and is like is Prudence here and Kelly goes just about and Veronique very pointedly goes are you feeling okay he goes yes have you spoken to Prudence today and Veronique and Kelly both say yes and no at the same time and then they look at each other and switch but now they're still saying yes and the no. opposite things yeah. and then they do that like two more times yeah and then he just says I'm very fond of her she's been my inspiration and then he leaves and Kelly rage kicks the door shut behind him and is furious that Prudence is his inspiration because she's been the one who's been working beside him for a whole montage and is like telling him that his fabrics are bad and telling him the truth and like helping him with his designs and working with and genuinely working with him and helping to make him better. And he doesn't even look at her like he doesn't even see her. He's just like Prudence is my inspiration. So I get this scene of absolutely not this guy can go jump in a hole okay but it seems like prudence is his inspiration he has built this collection around her image which was his desired goal from the beginning which he's been very upfront about like he specifically is looking for the new face to inspire him and then he finds her and she inspires him he's the one that has come up with all the ideas Kelly has been a major part of this process in a way that doesn't make sense considering she's supposed to be the shoe designer, Mm -hmm. but she's not coming up with any of the design ideas. He comes up with design ideas and she gives some feedback. So I don't understand why she can't be like his partner and Prudence is the inspiration. It's like, it's not like he said Prudence has built this collection, you know? Yeah. I think it's just because Prudence has done literally nothing. Like, she literally just shows up, looks pretty, and just just doesn't, she doesn't contribute in any way other than yeah, looking the way she looks. that's being inspiring. 
that's literally what it is to be amused you just sit there and you look pretty and then the person has ideas i we also haven't seen any tension between the two identities like until now so yeah yeah Roblo has spent zero amount of time talking to Prudence about Kelly Carter. No. He has not had a single thought about Kelly Carter at any point. Yeah. Every time he talks to Kelly, he brings up Prudence. So, like... <sighs> they didn't build up to what they're clearly trying to do. And they could have easily done it. But instead, we had a million scenes at the beginning of the movie that we didn't need to have. And now they've condensed all of their relationship into a montage. And now we're supposed to just like go on an emotional journey off screen to understand why suddenly she's mad. Yeah. Anyways, so she's Prudence now and she's having another photo shoot. We note that she is wearing also the same earrings every time, which is weird. And Rob Lowe is just sort of mutteringly aggressively to himself watching this photo shoot. It made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. He's giving her the cliche weird photographer instructions. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're a spider, spinning, spinning, and spinning. And at this point, I started to wonder, is Prudence any good at modeling? Is this when they figure out that Prudence literally has no idea how to do a pose or do any kind of face? But no, that never comes up. No, no, no. Also, what she's wearing now is like a, a fishnet cloak with faux fur edging and like a sequined mini skirt. Everything she wears is bad and I don't even care because it's like bad in a boring way. That's fair. Roblo has done nothing interesting with this collection. I can't tell what he's going for. I don't see what parts of Prudence he's inspired by. Yeah. I literally don't get it. Anyway, so they call for Kelly and Roblo is mad at Mimi about something in the background and then Kelly shows up. And is like, where were you? And she's like, I was getting the next setup ready. And he asks her what she thinks. And she goes, it's wonderful. And he calls for Prudence and runs off to do something. And she pretends to faint to be Kelly again. I I don't, they, they do this so many times. He wants Kelly there because he needs to say his opinion to someone. And he wants it to be her. But he wants this to be happening during the photo shoot with prudence so which is fairly reasonable honestly like yeah as his employee the fact that she's gone for this entire photo shoot is like concerning yeah and so we just get the thing again where she's got to run back and forth and has trouble changing clothes which like we we as reasonable people pointed out that if you knew that you were going to be doing a thing where you had to make several rapid costume changes throughout the day wear a dress Kelly has elected to wear a button-down shirt that she has to button up every single time and pants with, like, a zipper, like, they're jeans. And I think there's even a belt. Like, yeah, just it's just baffling. It's just baffling. And they keep showing us her changing back and forth. It's so dumb. And then we're back in the photo shoot and Mimi and Roblo are talking and there's, like, a snow. No? No. Snow. No snow. You know? No. Snow? Roblo is feeling very insecure about how the photo shoot is going, mm-hmm. which is also partially why he like really wants Kelly there to just be telling him that everything is going okay. And he's taking this out on Mimi by complaining about the backdrops. Yeah. I think one of them is like an Edward Hopper style backdrop, and they go back and forth about that. 
and then he tells her he hates it so then she has to like do a different thing and they end up yeah with this weird snow thing and there's a whole bit where prudence has to like leave so that kelly can come back so prudence pretends to like faint and then she goes under a blanket and then kelly's like quote unquote in the room helping her talking to roblo through the door and then when he comes in they throw a blanket on top of the shoes so the shoes are sticking out so he'll think that prudence is under the blanket and kelly just makes sad like shushing noises in the blanket's direction and then kind of waves him out yeah and then um at the same time as the movie we realize that the last piece is the winter coat thing that they've been designing with the shoes that kelly has designed and at the same time as the movie talon and i go oh she's gonna have to put on different shoes which how did this not occur to her is hilarious but i'm willing to buy it but that also begs the question of like did they just let her wear the same shoes for every single other thing like did no one care that's unbelievable that for a photo shoot they would allow you to just bring in your own shoes that's ridiculous that's not how photo shoots work they give you all of the things that you wear it's you know it's fine it's fine so at that point Hmm. kelly realizes that this is not gonna work yeah she she doesn't like there is not a way for her to continue to be prudence and also to have the shoes that she designed as kelly carter be in the shoot be in the shoot mm-hmm. and veronique says you are gonna have to like pick one of you two has to go and veronique votes that kelly goes she votes that kelly just fully commits to being prudence and only wears the sparkly shoes for the rest of her life somehow and has them fire kelly carter who, by the way, is the legal identity that is able to cash checks. So I don't know how that's going to work. And she tells her to be realistic about this decision. I hate Veronique. You want Salvatore? You get him as Prudence? You want a big career? You get it as Prudence. I hate Veronique so much. I hate her so much. She's the worst. And so at the end of the sort of back and forth, Veronique goes, why don't you let Rob Lowe pick? What do you think he's going to pick? And we sort of pan onto Kelly's face, and it seems like she knows he's going to pick Prudence, but she goes out there and she gives it a shot anyway. Well, well, she says men always make the wrong decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she storms out and she goes, Prudence is saying that she won't wear the shoes, so either she goes or I do. It's not quite that abrupt. She like builds up to it, but that's the bottom line. Yeah. And Rob Lowe is like, do you know how expensive it is to put on one of these things? Like, what's happening? And Kelly goes, I work with you. I don't lie to you. I support you. But you're telling me it's just time to go? Like, you only care about experiences, images. I know you have a heart, but you're too afraid to use it. And that's what makes you a fraud as a human being. And she stomps away. Yeah. And he looks kind of shaken by this. He looks a little bummed. But not like... Like, hmm, that was... Mostly, like, in a surprise way. Like, I genuinely think Rob Lowe had no idea that this was so meaningful to Kelly. Like, I don't think he understands that she put her heart and soul into this. I don't know why she did, but she did. And I don't think he understands how much she cares about him. 
mm-hmm. and how much he has put into every single interaction that they have ever had that he has literally never thought about until this moment. And that is too much for his brain to process. So he just goes to see Prudence instead. And she's there. Yeah, Prudence is there wearing her sparkle shoes, holding the shoes that Kelly Carter has designed. And it's like, no, I won't wear them. They're horrible. And now it seems like Kelly is taking out some of her frustration mm-hmm. by just suddenly Prudence is very bratty yeah. in a way that Prudence has not been before. Like she has not been doing a bratty supermodel character. No, she's just been being herself. But now she's fully doing a bratty supermodel character. And she's like, I'm not going to wear these. They're horrible. You're right. Amateurs shouldn't work with professionals or something. And Rob Lowe is offended by this. And he's like, uh, the shoes are great. They are made with like integrity and work and stuff. And they're a reflection of style and effort. And then he goes, Prudence, there's a very important rule to fashion. Looks fade and yours have faded like a bad sunset which of course is delightful to kelly so prudence lunges at him and makes out with him and thanks him and he is just very confused and asks veronique where to find kelly yeah prudence is now behind rob Lowe and mouths to veronique down by the river mm-hmm. so veronique says down by the river and then that's where we cut. Yeah. And Fairy Godmother's back down by the river. Fairy Godmother says, thank you for being so kind. I think I'm going to go to Budapest. She also asks, how do I get from here to Budapest? And Kelly's just like, <laughs> I can't. oh, you. Yeah. But she's walking along and Rob Lowe is chasing her, basically. And he's back in his weird gray vest suit which we saw him wear earlier which just looks like a suit has not been fully finished and he's just wearing like an inside out partially completed version it's terrible it's like satiny but not in a good way i don't Mm. know how to explain it like it just doesn't look like it's it looks like it's inside out yeah like it looks like it's lining and Mm -hmm. not actual material. material yeah i don't know there's something about it that looks unfinished yeah anyway so he's like please come back work for me and kelly's like why why should i do that and he goes because i need you you're talented you've helped me i care about you i don't want to lose you there's something about you that's magical and as kelly she kisses him she says you say all the right things and then she throws the shoes which she's been holding in her hands away into the river they start making out and we see like a shoebox floating down the river and we fade to black and that is how this godforsaken movie ends yep credit start that's it and my next note is Colin and I both just have our hands on our foreheads just I fully cradled my face in my hands and I was like we both this is incomprehensible this is just so weird so yeah nonsensical yeah so so we do this on a zoom call so we can see each other and occasionally we realize that we are both making identical body positions and it's it's always comedic Certainly more than this movie. Really doesn't take much. All right, so we're done with this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Highs and lows is the next question that I ask in the formula for this show. Yeah, okay. So my high is how much fun the main two actors we're having in this film. Like Rob Lowe is having an amazing time just chewing up the scenery 
And when I'm not thinking about like his character, and I'm just thinking about the actor delivering these lines in this way, like he's clearly having a lot of fun with it. He is doing so much more than could have possibly been done with the lines that he had. And same thing with Jennifer Grey. Every time she's being goofy and she's like hamming it up for the camera, it's very cute. It's clear she's having a good time. I really liked seeing these two actors have a good time with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That is my high. Mm-hmm. My low is the misogyny. For it so just, much. It just, I really liked Bernie. And then she just got so mean and it was so like abrupt and out of nowhere yeah and it was like very charged and it it was a lot about like what a woman should be like and it kind of freaked me out and then like the problem with prudence isn't that she's not pretty enough the problem with prudence is that she's not a real person and I don't think he understands that like he was just like well your looks are gonna fade And I just, I don't like that that's where he went. Like, I understand that to him, Prudence has hurt Kelly Carter. And he likes Kelly now, I guess, he decided. But he's been like... he wants to hurt Prudence somehow. But like, he's been in love with Prudence. He's been just obsessed with her from instant one. And this is their first negative interaction. And this is how he responds to the first negative interaction. That's it, that's so many red flags. Like, Yeah, I just, I found it jarring. I found it upsetting. And it took a lot of the fun out of the movie for me, like, immediately. Yeah. How about you? What are, what are your highs? So my high was when I found the still frame of Jennifer Grey wearing this ball gown. And I showed it to my mother, <laughs> who has a degree in fashion design and has worked in historical costuming in like real museums and has put together some like world-class incredibly beautiful fashion shows or not fashion shows like um museum displays exhibits exhibits thank you like historical gown exhibits Mm -hmm. and her face when I showed her the picture of this dress she just looked at it and she went oh oh god (laughs) oh god oh god so that was my high showing that to her and ruining her day i can't believe that they had like a sweetheart neckline on a fitted corset almost top and then they just put ruffled edges around it completely destroying the structured shape like why 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 do a sweetheart neckline if it's about the ruffles and if it's not about the ruffles then why not just take the ruffles off it would have been so much better it, honestly i wasn't even mad about the pleating yeah Ugh. the bodice ruffles were not the problem it was the garbage bags attached to the hips for me it was very gloopy looking like like melted she looked like a barbie got stuck through like a loofah yes that was also melting yeah yeah so my lows my low is Kelly's awareness of the difference in her treatment by the exact same people when she's Prudence versus when she's Kelly. I hate that. I hate that with a burning passion, with the flame of a thousand suns. The fact that she is aware of it and decides, no, I want to go back. I want to work with these people. I'm still into this horrible human 
and um, I'm fully aware of how absolutely fake and mean and duplicitous and backstabbing these people are. I want to work with that. I hated it. I hated it. I'm getting, I'm getting mad. Just talking like I want to. Okay, moving on. So what would you change about this movie? Yeah, I would change the fact that she doesn't look any different. Mm -hmm. So I brought up Princess Diaries earlier and Anne Hathaway has done this actually really well twice. Mm -hmm. both in Princess Diaries and in The Devil Wears Prada, where in The Devil Wears Prada, she's just straight up in the fashion industry as like a frumpier, dowdier girl. Mm -hmm. Then she ends up looking like shockingly gorgeous. So you can do like a transformation where you take a beautiful actress and you make her look frumpier than everybody else around her. Mm -hmm. And then she has like this big transformation and she genuinely looks different. Yeah. We did not get that. Like, it is possible to do that. It did not happen. My favorite iteration of that happening is uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Tula's transformation from sort of who she's at the beginning to... I haven't seen that in so long. It's such a great movie. Like, it's aged so well. I love it. But her transformation is one of the most beautiful transformations. So, like, yeah, it, there's a zillion ways to do that correctly. This was not one of them. Yeah, so the whole premise, I think, is bad. The magic aspect, I think, is like weirdly shoved into a completely different film mm -hmm. that doesn't engage with it enough for it to work. Because it's essentially like a workplace romance with like yeah. a dash of like double identity. Mm -hmm. You don't need a fairy godmother for that. No. You could have achieved this like with a wig. And, like, she takes off her glasses and, like, that's enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Or if yeah. she had, like, a ponytail, like, she always, like, pulled her hair back in, like, a bun. Mm -hmm. They just did not do enough to make her look different. And for a movie where the entire plot hinged on how different she looked as the two different versions, mm -hmm. it just fundamentally does not work. So literally anything to make that work. How about you? What would you change about this movie? So similarly given that they're gonna do the the magic makes her look different fine the magic gives her really glamorous like really differently done hair like her hair is straightened so it genuinely looks very different than curly hair mm -hmm. and she has big smoky eyes and like contours and like a bold lip and she carries herself very differently say rather than just kind of normal but what i would have happen is that it's not that she's unrecognizable. It's just that no one is used to seeing her that way. So they just don't put it together because there's no reason for Kelly to be at this glamorous event. And there's no reason for Prudence to be wearing jeans, dresses. Like, it just doesn't yeah. even occur to them. And they look different enough with glasses, no glasses, etc. But what I want to have happen is that the shoe magic slowly wears off. So that slowly they start to look more and more like the same person until Rob Lowe is like, Oh my god, it's you. It's been you the whole time. That's what I want to have happen. I it, it wouldn't fix all the problems, but it would fix some of them. I think that what also would have really helped sell the concept for me is if Prudence was a full-on caricature of all of the models that Kelly works with. Yes. All of the behavior that she has observed, like all of the unpretty things that the pretty models do, mm -hmm. if she did that as Prudence and everyone just let her get away with it, mm -hmm. and the entire time she was making fun of all of the mean girls that she has had to like fetch dresses for this entire time. And 
for her to be herself as Prudence and then to be upset that Rob Lowe likes her is weird. Is weird. It would be, I think, more interesting if she wasn't being herself and Rob Lowe did like her and she was like, Prudence isn't even interesting. Do you know how much more interesting I am than Prudence? She's not even funny. Like, she's just like boring. Like, she sucks. What do you like about her other than her looks? That also would have fixed it. One of the things that you mentioned when we were watching this was that this is basically a Hell's Moving Castle Cinderella. Well, see, I thought that at the very beginning that their <laughs> dynamic was going to be like sparkly, melodramatic, magical prince and just like very subdued, very quiet, reserved, hardworking girl. And he starts to see the beauty inside of her because she gets more comfortable around him. And just starts letting more of her personality show. That didn't happen. Yeah, no. A switch flip in the narrative. And she went from being unable to talk to him at all. Mm -hmm. To just giving him feedback. Yeah. And drawing on his paper. And like if that had been that progression. I would have really liked that. I like that relationship dynamic. Mm -hmm. Just like a sparkly peacock man. And just like a very quiet mousy girl. I think is adorable. It would have been better. Yeah, and that's not what happened. And so I ended up not saying that because it just, the idea made me sad that there was a point in this movie <laughs> that I compared it to Howl's Moving Castle in like a positive reminds me of kind of way. Mm, well, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, I reminded you of that then. All right, I think we can agree that no one should watch this movie. Yeah, guys, don't watch this. Or like if you do watch this, turn it off like 30 minutes in. Yeah, or like immediately. I really enjoyed like the first 30 minutes where we got the setup and the characters and Rob Lowe has some of his more bananas lines and nope. we get like to see the ugly fashion. Nope. But Just... you should not continue watching it. It will hurt your feelings and it will be unsatisfying and just bad. Super Don't bad. Don't watch Don't. it. Don't watch it. I may make my husband watch it with me though. Wow. I thought you loved him okay well sometimes we play netflix chicken where one of us puts something terrible on and then we see who gives in first and then we mock that person for being weak which is how we watched the entirety of like a minions movie once okay i am back on board yeah all right so final grade for this movie uh, double f double f this was a war crime for you this was you know for like the first third of the movie, I was like, you know what? I think this is a really bad movie, but I'm also having a good time and I'm enjoying myself. By the end of the movie, everything that I liked was ruined mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. the movie itself. Mm -hmm. All the characters that I enjoyed ended up just being mean. Mm -hmm. They didn't get any kind of resolution. It made me feel bad. It was poorly made. I There is no good that I can pull out of this. It is just... The earth has been burned and salted like nothing. There's double F. Oh, nope. That's fair. That's fair. How about you? I'm giving this a single F. That's very generous. I don't think this was a war crime. I, I did hate it. Like a lot. I hated this movie a lot. I think I hated it more because I liked it at the beginning. Yeah, see, I hated it all the way through. Like, I see the ways in which it could have been good, the mm -hmm. ways it could have been charming. Yeah, no. I just hated it. Like, the second we saw the opening image, I was like, oh, 
oh, I hate that. And that feeling just didn't go away. So I think that you had a, more of a feeling of betrayal is what I'm hearing. I did. Yes. I yeah. do feel like very personally betrayed. Yeah. I don't feel it, betrayed. I just feel like, wow, that was, mm, hated that. Okay. Moving on. Okay. All right. Well, betrayal then. Yeah. Betrayal and sadness. Betrayal and sadness. And like the taste of something bad in my mouth. Very much so. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's almost midnight. <laughs> So, you know, thanks for joining us for this. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with uh, considerably more adult questions, language, and beverages. It's going to be so many swears. Oh. So many swears. We tried so hard. Like, okay, we try to keep this PG, PG-13. Mm -hmm. um, and usually it's not hard. No, no. Oh, we'll occasionally be like, oh, I don't think I can say that in the podcast. Let me say that again. Um, I have never had a harder time with it than in this. Like, even in my notes, I kept dropping the F-bomb every time I had to describe any outfit. My notes is so many F-bombs. And I, in my regular life, I curse like a sailor. So trying to not let that out has just been... I hope you guys appreciate the effort is what I'm saying. And you should come to this after party because there's... <sighs> it's going to be an event. Something. Yeah, so... Yeah, join us. You can do that at patreon.com slash cinderpod. There's other cool things like you can get episodes a day earlier than they come out on the main feed if you want to be a patron. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this. Next week, we are watching Cendrion. A Massonet Opera. <gasps> yes! Yes. This was recommended to us by patron John, who wrote us such a beautiful essay that we revised our rule on not doing operas. And I have done so much research into this opera and into operas in general. I'm, I'm so excited about this. I'm like, I want to watch it right now. I have done zero research. I know nothing about it other than the fact that Cinderella is French for Cinderella. And I am so ready just to experience this with no barriers to my psyche and see how bad this hurts. Because since it's an opera, I'm concerned. I think it's going to be amazing. I am so happy about this. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be joyous. Okay. Well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after. Uh -huh.